Hello everyone, this is Dalma Aktikin with A Drop of Om, and today I have with me Jessica, or Jesse Ehrman. Hi Jessica. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Uh, so Jesse is a mother artist. She's a channel for Vigrain, which is a physical non-entity group. Uh, she's also a transformational life coach and pranic, pranic energy healer. And together with Vagrain, author of two books. So welcome. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a nice pleasure <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so I always like to start with hearing your story, sort of what um, what brought you here to doing what you're doing um and i know you're working with um sort of um getting this message out there to the ether to to reach more people so tell us about your journey okay so um my journey is that i had extrasensory perceptions as a child and like many of us who are a little bit more open or um delicate or sensitive to the extra um, nature of our universe, I learned to repress that to fit in, you know, I think that's a story that a lot of people can relate to is that, you know, you're told you're weird as a kid, you're a little bit unusual. So you try and, you know, make sure you're less unusual. And I actually repressed my gifts for 40 years. Um, and close to that, about 35 years old, I began my spiritual journey out of necessity out of a lot of things haven't happened in my life experiences that, um, were quite strong. I had an autoimmune disease. I had lost my father. I'd had different things happen in my experience that eventually led me to have to self heal, um, through the form of meditation and through the form of spiritual seeking. Um, as I began that journey, what happened as a consequence was my gifts came back online. And so I began to see things or hear things that, maybe other people couldn't see, you know, whether it was having stronger intuition or actually seeing, you know, spirit beings or having contact from, you know, people who had passed on, you know, where you can still kind of logic it away, but something inside you kind of knows that like, maybe there's something real going on here. Then um, later on, I had um, what I would only be able to express as like a call to channel. I didn't know what channeling was. Um, I'd heard about it briefly, having read a couple of books or like Abraham Hicks and then later Seth and stuff like that. But there was familiarity in reading the stories about the people who were channeling these, these groups, these entities, these things. And uh, I didn't want to be involved with any of this. <laughs> so again, tried to repress and ignore. And eventually I got so fed up that I just said, you know what? I'm going to prove to whatever energy this is that it's all, you know, it's all like a hoax or it's all, <laughs> it's all fake. And I'm not actually a channel, you know? So I acknowledged that this thing was there and uh, wanted to prove to it that I wasn't, you know, this messenger that this intuition was telling me that I was meant to be, or that I had to be. Cause at that point there was a lot of resistance and uh, much to my surprise when I, the first time I lay down to um, record you know, what I imagined would be nothing because I didn't think anything was going to come through. It was almost like I was um, having a challenge with myself. I began to channel this entity group Vagrian, who wasn't Vagrian at the time. It was just energy at the time because Vagrian is just a name. And um, I haven't stopped channeling since. So it's been three years. It's been two books. It's been hundreds and hundreds of channeling sessions, both public and private. And uh, the message is consistently the same. It's um, an aid for our transition from unit from sorry from separation consciousness to unity consciousness because humanity does have an opportunity at this pivotal moment in our history to choose whether we want to continue living in separation with all the consequences and the circumstances that go with that, or to begin to see ourselves as part of a unified field that really is interconnected and interdependent in all ways, the same way every cell in the human body is, and move towards that understanding that everything is all one. Um, I'm also a energy healer. So I also have this um, ability to 
scan people's energetic bodies and see where they have maybe emotional blocks, where they even have physical blocks at times. And that's been an, another interesting thing to experiment with. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's really been an interesting journey to allow these elements of myself to come through finally in this, you know, second chapter <laughs> of my story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, it sounds to me like in your healing journey, as you were gathering parts of yourself, almost like unifying yourself, yeah. you were also beginning to open up to something that reflected that to come connect with you or come through you. That said, I mean, I also tune into people's energy <laughs> and sort of see what's happening in their chakras. You strike me as someone who is like very open. And I want to say maybe even like overly open. Mm -hmm. um, what's your physical experience with that? Um. Yeah. So my physical like I'm lucky I think I don't think anything happens by accident I don't think anything is a mistake right I think that I actually had to learn to repress things to be able to have the equivalent of like a breaker system on my you know a came in open and when you're a child you don't you don't even discern between like oh this is an imaginary friend this is a ghost this is an alien this is this 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 you don't because and you have no fear right like little children don't have any fear they don't fear a dog until a dog bites them right <laughs> or they don't fear an adult until you know somebody yells at them right but sort of coming into this world with like that openness I think that probably as an infant either you slowly learn to sort of cut that off right or not even cut it off but you learn mechanisms to close it and I think that the parents and the um environment that I grew up in maybe put pressure on me to be normal or to not be so strange in order for me to also learn the ability to turn that off. Now I then had to learn to turn it back on. Right. But, um, so physically I actually have, um, quite a good level of control now. So the autoimmune disease that I spoke about earlier is almost fully in remission. Um, even though like, you know, doctors are like, oh, it's not curable. Oh, you're, it's going to get personally worse. You're going to be handicapped. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. I mean, I've had this diagnosis since I'm 20. So we're talking many years later and, um, and you know, their answer now to the story of, Hey, how come I'm better? Hey guys, how come I'm better is, oh, well, we probably just misdiagnosed you 20, whatever years ago. Right. And the thing is with that is like, yes, that's the easy answer. Right. But in the meantime, there was like, I don't know, 15 to 18 years of being unwell, you know, so it hasn't always been this, um, this maintainable, but the, I think that for most people, um, the biggest key to healing is listening really carefully to the body because the body is actually always well, right? Even if you think you have an ailment. The body is actually just communicating to you something because of its intelligence, right? So if you're not feeling well, it's communication. And um, I think that I've become an expert, again, through circumstance of listening <laughs> to what's going on in my field. You know? um, so, so now um, I hear all of that. Um, thank you. Um, what I'm curious about is um, what's your physical experience of channeling now, today, now that you know how to turn it on and off, right? The switch is <laughs> activated. Okay. So how does um, it physically feel for you? It feels amazing, honestly, like, but I don't know it feels amazing till after I'm done because while I'm actually channeling, I don't have um, any uh, connection to my physical body or to my brain which is part of the physical body so the it's almost like I always explain to people it's like if my physical body and brain or mind are a car it's like you take yourself and you, you get out of the path you get out of the driver's seat temporarily and you go and you sit in the back seat right so you still are going in the same direction but you're maybe looking out the window maybe you're daydreaming maybe you're reading a book I actually don't know what my consciousness does while channeling or where it goes, 
you know, if, if it goes anywhere, it's like, um, an extremely refreshing sleep, but at the same time with all the downloads of the energy and the information that's coming through at that time. So if there's anything I need to learn from the wisdom that's being shared, even though I won't remember it consciously, it's like all have had that learning absorbed into my being as well. So if like someone's talking about relationships, right. And there's something similar about the other person's story to my story, I will have that, you know, upgrade of wisdom or that knowledge afterwards in my being as well. Um, and then I don't know what's actually said until I go back and listen to recordings because it's, it's not something I have a conscious memory of what's uh, happening when I channel. Okay. Um, it's so interesting to me because when I think about channeling, mm -hmm. I feel like we are, all of us are channeling all the time. Like I am a mom, you're a mom. Like that's something we channel love with our bodies, with our eyes, with our words. Um, I write, I know when I'm writing, something else is also working through me or when I'm speaking the same way here or elsewhere. Um, what is so interesting to me is um, what you just described, um, that change of driver's seat thing. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's almost like a complete letting go, a complete trust, and it sounds, to be perfectly honest, it sounds a little scary mm. to me when I think about it. Yeah. Um, was that sort of part of your resistance as well? Um, I don't think it was, interestingly. You know, you would think that. You would think that it would be. And I honestly, that's one of like the mysteries. I don't know how I do that with the level of trust that I have it's just like a knowing that there's not like nothing could happen you know um and I think that's also because the relationship with this energy which we call Vagrian now but that you know is really just universal consciousness is so intimate and so almost like I came in with that relationship already set up that it when I when I got frustrated and like angry with this energy and I was like I'm not doing this I'll prove it to you it really felt like, um, like fighting almost with like a parent, you know, like you're, you're going to fight with your dad, like, I'll show you, I, I'm not able to pass that math quiz or something like that. You know what I mean? And it was, it was so defiant and so teenagery from my part. Right. But at the same time, there was no like question to me that this was not, um, faithful like that this was a non like that this was a benevolent like a non-benevolent energy right and the other thing that was very important was that I didn't trust the energy at the beginning so my beginning channeling sessions there was some level of me still being there you know like on like on guard and holding on and holding on listening in and like making sure they don't say anything that they shouldn't say or like ch even challenging them like going like oh I bet they're not going to be able to figure out this riddle, you know, and I'd get someone to like, I don't know, ask something that nobody could know about, you know, and then <laughs> something way more unexpected would happen in those sessions. And, and those beginning sessions were really interesting because like, um, Vagrin would be like talking about something and then they would say something like, you know, the wisdom lies with the cat. And then out of nowhere, like a cat that wasn't even new, but nobody knew was in the room would like run out across <laughs> the group of people. And like, everyone would be like, what the hell is going on? We'd all start laughing. I'd come right out of trance because it was, that was just a crazy thing to happen. And it, there's no way me as a human could have known that was going to happen. You know what I mean? So I was also like making sure that it, I wasn't, um, tricking people do you know what I mean? because there's some doubt I mean you don't know if you're crazy you don't know if maybe there's some part of your personality that is um I don't know delusional or like wanting something from people believing that you have powers I don't know you know so I always really took it as okay this is what it is for today and I don't know what it is but if it helps someone cool <laughs> like great you know and if it the message to be that like that keeps coming through 
is super profound and helpful. So that's why I continue doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to come back to Vagrain and the messages, but before yes. that, <laughs> what my guys are telling me is to ask you about motherhood and yes. specifically you've talked about your closing up as a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now do you have one child, two, two children? Yeah. And as mothers, we get to experience that completely. And how, how is that, how is that for you? I guess it's continuing. And what do you think was there for you as a, as a healer and a channeler? You know, our children are here, I think, to reintroduce ourselves to our own inner child in many ways um, and to help us continue if we take the call, our own healing journey. Um, I think our whole perception of having children is a little bit skewed. You know, a lot of people think like you're here to guide your children. I really think they're here to guide us and they're really gifts to, you know, your kids are going to, they're going to, you know, poke at your triggers and push your buttons and they're going to be able to get to you or um, not anger you, but like affect you in ways that no one else ever can. And um, as they continue to evolve and change, they constantly give you this opportunity to evolve and change. Right. So in terms of like what I do, you know, my daughter, who's very similar to me, um, you know, she, she, she's also the complete opposite of me in that she's like, Oh, you know, there's, there's no such thing as ghosts or witches or this or that. And she's very like, um, what you like, what you do is silly mom, you know, like, I don't know if that's a real thing. And she's very much like, this is reality. And that's just where she is right now, you know, and then that'll evolve or it won't. And, it, but it's funny how, like, you know, my assumption maybe when she was little was that she also had gifts and she was also going to have like this expression that I better, you know, make sure she can stay open and be true to herself. And I almost overemphasize like you do you, you be you and her going like, yeah, I know, mom, I know, <laughs> I know I can be whatever I want. This is what I want to be. <laughs> and it's really funny to see that. Um, and then, you know, my son is completely different. He's, he's, he's a completely different energy. So being open to them is um, is one of the greatest gifts that I could have. It's one of the biggest adventures I'm on. And you being as open as you are and being able to read their energy, I'm sure that mm -hmm. has its advantages, which I know I do too. <laughs> yeah, it, it can. And it can also like, you know, like I said, I think with them, there's also this, um, you're always going to have blind spots where you need to have blind spots to learn the thing. Right. So I feel like my children really do point out where I'm not seeing clearly, but mostly where I'm not seeing myself clearly. Right. So like the parenting journey is also very much about parenting yourself. Yeah. So that's, I think like they probably give me more than I give them in terms of like, uh, like expansion in these particular soul contracts, I think. Yeah. Does white grain get involved in, no. in that at all? No, none. No, Vagrian, um, one of their biggest um, rules is the law of free will. So, you know, there's a huge, huge respect for all free will. So like they won't even tell someone in a channeling session something that that person's not ready to hear, you know, um, then they won't like share it with me either. Things will just not come up. So if someone's asking a question or insisting on knowing something, that information will only be shared if, their beinghood actually has merit in knowing that. Um, and uh, they don't get involved in my personal life. And I actually don't ask them because there is still that interesting dynamic in our relationship where I still am in some ways very defiant. Like I have stuff that goes on in my life or difficult periods. And you know what? It, it's the last resource I think of, you know, I only go to them every once in a while. And then, you know, the other aspect of that is like, if you had the most wise friend in the world <laughs> and you went to them for advice, sometimes you really wouldn't like their advice. Do you know what I mean? Like we kind of want to have our mistakes and we want to have our own trials and tribulations and figure it out, you know, because if you go to Vagrian, they're always going to be saying the same thing. They're always going to be saying everything's perfect. We're all one. 
but not even we're all one. Everything is one. So there are no real problems. There are no real issues, you know, because it's such a high level of consciousness that from that level, there really isn't anything. But we're living this human game, right? Where we cause our own dramas and because we want a puzzle to solve, we want to resolve things. We want to be um, heroes of our story and we want to succeed at our journey, right? But from when you really think of it from the broader perspective, it's like asking the sun for advice. <laughs> now, what's the sun going to say? <laughs> yeah, I think I would be on a different uh journey than you I would be like what kind of cereal should I buy I mean <laughs> yeah but you have your own inner wisdom for that <laughs> I know but I also like um uh, you know if I could know why not why not ask? right okay okay um but I I appreciate what you're saying yeah it sounds to me like you're someone you want to be sovereign on your own yeah and make your own decisions um which it seems that this entity group is respecting so far. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm also an artist. I like to get my hands in the paint and the clay, make a mess and like see what, what I can create from that. You know what I mean? Like I want to eat the wrong cereal, you know, like that's kind of like how I came into the world. I want to try all the bad cereal and then find my favorite, you know, I don't want the answer, the simple answer, the quick answer. I want to have the journey, but that's also how I'm made. Right. Like, Maybe anyone else isn't like, like there's, I'm sure there's so many people who aren't like that, but maybe that's also in part why I have this ability or this role, right? Because when you think about it, if someone was going to follow like all the advice, right? Could then an entity group that had utmost respect for free will actually work with that person? Who knows? I don't know, but I really feel like part of why we have a good relationship is because I don't go to them and they know that I'm going to, you know, continue making my own mistakes. Look, they could always say no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They could always say, figure it out on your own. But what I'm saying is if I'm thinking about my honest responses, I would ask anything and everything. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So in your first book, Yes. My brain, seeking ends when sharing begins. I want to hear about that, but okay. there was one sentence or two sentences that stayed with me. Um, and I know your story is sort of a testament to this. So White Grain says, there is nothing wrong with discomfort. It is the fertile soil of growth. Yeah. What does that, what does that say to you? I think that we're all sort of like wanting expansion, right? Um, And at the same time, yeah, wanting comfort and wanting ease, wanting pleasure and wanting all the good stuff. But more than wanting all the good stuff, we want expansion, right? So discomfort or, you know, pain or suffering or everything that we see that's the bad side of like experience, right? Um, seems to be a really, really good motivator for humans, right? We're always either going towards pleasure or away from pain. And um, if you could get to a place, and I think this is what Bagrin is sharing with that sentence, where you can see discomfort as a positive thing, not that you seek out discomfort, but that when it does arise, because it does, no matter what we do, right? We can't ever get away from it because we're human. When it does arise, seeing it as fuel towards the next wonderful thing, you know, um, knowing what doesn't work so that you can figure out what does, then the actual discomfort is not then compacted by our judgment of it. You know, and saying, oh, this is the most horrible thing that ever happened. This is the most, um, or poor me, or poor them, right? Because even that is a projection. But just seeing, okay, this is the thing that doesn't work. (laughs) And the evidence that it doesn't work is because I don't feel good, right? And then look, okay, if that I already have determined doesn't feel good, what does? 
and using discomfort almost like information or as the, the, again, back to the word fuel towards positivity. I think that is a really great lesson to learn. And that's what they're trying to share because it then isn't even discomfort anymore. Become something else. Yeah. I think I I see what you're saying. And I'm there with you. Um one other way that I see it is, well, first of all, in with the way you see it, um, I agree the discomfort, the pain is sort of like um there's a resistance and a stuckness somewhere that's wanting to move better or flow better. Mm-hmm. But then there's another kind of discomfort when when we get to our edge, the edge of our um, comfort, and you mm-hmm. need to move that next step, or you are putting a boundary that you haven't put before, mm-hmm. and that doesn't always feel good. Right. And that is also a soil for growth, mm-hmm. but that is not necessarily something for you to overcome and and or move but it's for you to be with and get more comfortable with that discomfort um so that sort of discomfort doesn't mean you're on the right wrong path it's in no is you're on the growth edge of something you're just like you say expanding to the next level and the next level Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think you're I don't think you ever actually can even be on the wrong path and this is something also that Vagrin shares often is that the reason why you're arriving at a place of discomfort, like you used two examples, which are great, but they're more, um, they're more like, uh, like present almost like they're actually um, experience based. Like if you're like exactly the one with the boundary, right? If you're setting a boundary and you're like, oh gosh, this is kind of like, Ooh, is this going to work? Isn't this going to work? Like, I don't know, but you know, it's what you next need to do. Right. I think that outside even of our direct um, conscious experience, our beingness is doing that all the time. So when you do arrive at discomfort, it's exactly the same as setting that boundary. It's the it's the same growth ability, right? Because like, um, for example, <laughs> something stupid, like a chair, right? <laughs> you have an uncomfortable chair, okay? And this is like, the, we're talking like base level, physical discomfort, right? And the, the chair literally isn't comfortable, right? you can handle it like you're handling it for like 10 years and then when the springs break and it's like poking up through the through the seat cushion right and you go and you sit on it again it's like oh now it's like even more uncomfortable then that is the space where you go you know we're not gonna buy a new chair finally I don't need this chair right like and you can let go of that so something like it seems almost comical but the macro and the micro are the same thing so nothing's ever the wrong path at all the chair is just, you're outgrowing the chair, basically. You want a more comfortable chair or you have outgrown the relationship that had no boundaries or, you know, anything like that. So I really think that um, the sensation of this isn't right or this feels bad is not because something is bad. It's because you're ready for something better. Mm, I like that. Um. And I think for me, the the soil is poignant because I see the body as the soil, the earth, mm-hmm. the earth mm-hmm. element. So, and the discomfort we physically feel in the soil, in the earth of our body. So I really like that piece. Um, and how has this experience of channeling evolved from the beginning you mentioned that little resistance and then you got into Mm -hmm. it and now you're doing it you're writing books um I'm curious how has what Vigraine if at all changed in in their ways of working with you and and how has it been evolving since the start right so um at the beginning I had a lot of assumptions on how we could work together you know I, I at the beginning for example very first sessions I thought I needed to lie down because the first time I had done it I was lying down. Um, then there was a period where I was experimenting with um, seeing if my eyes could be open during channeling, which they can. However, it's not very comfortable for the other person <laughs> because it doesn't quite look like um, I'm there, which can be kind of uncomfortable. So my eyes are still closed. Um, in terms of there was a period as well where I had like a message from them that I had to go read the dictionary. 
because they weren't entirely content on my level of vocabulary. So they wanted me to um, increase my vocabulary uh, and um, have words that they, you know, sometimes if they don't find the word in my Rolodex, almost like your brain has its vocabulary. And if they wouldn't find the word, they'd have to substitute it with like a longer sentence or a phrase, but they were looking for something like the exact word that they know, right? But that I didn't have in my brain. So it couldn't come through my mind because it just wasn't there. It's a blank, right? <laughs> so they asked me to read a dictionary. So the, the collaboration is interesting. Um, when the first book, when I was writing the first book, I was waking up at like 4 a.m. It was during the pandemic lockdown. I had both kids home. I was managing a lot of things, including my own experience with that. And yet I was having to, or not having to, I was simply getting up at four in the morning and doing the work for the book. Um, and I'm, you know, it's, it just came together, um, in very interesting ways, but I think that there was a lot of like that channeling energy during that period as well. And, um, in terms of like, uh, channeling for groups or for individuals now, it's very fluid. It's just, um, it's just easy. It's just an easy relationship with them. And they're always on, you know, they're always really, really on the target. If someone has an issue, they're always really specific to transmit what that person needs for that period of time. I'm never taxed by it. At the beginning, I had to ground back into my body quite a bit. I'd be spacey. But now I don't really feel need to do that. You know, at most like I'll eat something or drink something to get back in my body. But, you know, before I used to have to go and stand by the tree in the garden. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so it's evolved quite a bit. And I think it'll continue to evolve and become more fluid. I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to sort of like stand up and channel as if it's me, you know, like as a like them completely taking ownership of the whole body because I am quite still. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's evolved. It's evolved quite a bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how does your personal self-care and self-healing play into this? Yeah. So, um, it feels like, you know, because I do get those downloads of the transmissions, my own sort of spiritual journey has really, um, evolved quite a bit. You know, a lot more of my philosophies now are more in line with Vagrian's way of expressing than they used to be. Um, and in that, there has been huge, huge levels of um, self-compassion and self-love that come through um, and complete almost acceptance of the beingness that I am as I am in imperfection which is is really actually astounding because what when you do have like when you do kind of get to that um it's almost like everything else isn't a problem anymore because even if you're having a very emotional reaction about something if you're not judging yourself about it it just is what is in that moment and even if you make a mistake if you're not judging yourself about it or beating yourself up about it, that thing fixes itself and you learn whatever lesson from that mistake is there, you know, originally. I even like have since, because I do coaching as well. And uh, I created a course called the Self-Love Odyssey Toolkit based upon my experience with, you know, playing with self-care and playing with um, this topic of self-love and how does one arrive at, uh, at really just, finally like making peace with hey I'm me you know that kind of energy so I think that that's really been a gift that they've given me as well and um and there's just a lot of balance I feel like I do get you know you, we were joking before about like how I don't take their advice but I think a lot of um my choices and and uh priorities like that the fact that I prioritize rest um on the extreme <laughs> you know like I'm napping every day and <laughs> enjoying my downtime and you know do a lot of my work from bed if I can you know with my phone because that's what my body asks for um I, I think that comes from allowing myself to just go hey this is what I need and 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 just giving myself what I need yeah yeah I like that I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge um proponent of naps yes I love naps. <laughs> I agree <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, can you tell us about your first book? And I know you have a second yes. book. Yes. How are they similar? How are they different? What's okay. the message? So, <laughs> yeah. So Vagrian Seeking Ends When Sharing Begins, which is the white one. Okay. That is the first book. And this book has um, a little bit of background on my story with Vagrian, just at the beginning to kind of clue everyone in. And then um, it has all these different topics. It has finance, it has relationships, it has death, it has aging, it has how to be in service to others. It has um, money, well, money finance, yeah. And it just covers <laughs> every topic um, on what seems to be at, like, not even at first, because as you read this book, you'll see that it's it's heavy, but the sentences themselves are very simple, right? And yet there's a profundity or profoundness. I don't even know that word. Vagrin would get angry at me. <laughs> but to this book that um, it's just, it has universal truth in all the words. So as you read through it, it's very difficult to disagree unless um, unless there's a personal resistance to one of the topics. Like people don't really like the money chapter because it's kind of going like, hey, you know, your money system doesn't work, right? <laughs> Which is kind of what we all, are getting to know but um that abundance is not about money right or our self-worth is not about money you know um so it's, it covers a lot it really really does it covers our children it covers um how we're all one and it's a and how everything is channeling i just flipped to the page you know of what you were saying earlier that everything is channeling in fact they speak about how our entire beingness is channeled through our physical vessel and um and it's just a really profound work. It was probably the first six months of transmissions kind of cut up and then pasted back together in an order that made sense because, you know, you'd, you'd speak with one person about a topic and then maybe two months later, you speak with another person and it would be the same topic, but different things. But it turned out that everything that they'd been saying for six months was all one work. <laughs> and if I can figure out how to put it together, that's what it was. And in fact, the rest of their transmissions are configured exactly the same way so my work going forward is also figuring out what did they say and who needs to hear this um the second book on the other hand is a bit different because it's not um if you could think like the first book could be like taken as philosophy because it's got a lot of um conceptual stuff and sort of universal truths but that your mind has to get around the second book which I don't actually have a hard, like I only have my, um, my, what's it called? Draft copy here right now. Um, the second book, which comes out, well, which came out uh, in November is a compilation of um, meditations or contemplations that you can read through almost like an Oracle deck, right? Like if you flip to a page and you find the chapter on balance, maybe that's what you needed to, absorb today you know and it's not necessarily like for the mind this second book it's more for the beingness right so um the chapter on like like what balance then there's chapters on for example desire and it's for us to get these transmissions about those very small topics, but that are really, really shifting in our being, right? So it's much more um, energetic isn't even the right word. It's more of a transmission or a download um, of not even information, but of, of energy that'll support the being. So that it's a much smaller book. Um, but it has these 11 transmissions that were live events. So they were spontaneous, you know, live events on Insight Timer and have been transcribed and put together in this book to allow people to have access to these um, these energies whenever they, they would need to. So it's a very different kind of read. You know, this isn't a book that you read through and you, you need to know all the information. This is something you can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to. And it it's almost like I'm taking a bath, <laughs> taking a bath in the information. Whereas the first one is more like, hey, this is this is these are the topics. This is what's going on. 
Um, so I find them very different. And I think that if you want to talk about um, like energies, I'd say like the first book has like the divine masculine energy. It's very penetrative and direct, right? Whereas the second book is more flowing and embracing. <laughs> and now I'm talking about books like this. <laughs> like they're actual things but it really is like um how i have felt them to be so um i think they're nice companions for each other and i think that you know you'll have maybe two different people who will love one will love one and one will love the other one and uh, what someone will hate them both and someone will you know make them their um talisman i i spoke to someone who like carries around hasn't read the first book but like carries it around with them because they just like the energy of the book, but they're like, but they're safe, self-proclaimed like non-reader, but they just carry it, and and that's really interesting to me because I don't know this person, <laughs> but it's really um, it's really nice to hear stuff like that. But you don't need to read the words. <laughs> yeah, they get it. They get the energy exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I I love what what you just did there with the book's energy because everything's alive in their own way, yeah. right? Uh, and my experience with your first book is. Um, similar, the moment I started to read the the first couple pages, it was like, um, like this peacefulness came over mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And the same with your Instagram, um, where you're sharing Vigraine's messages it was just like a knowing and a peacefulness, like we're connected. Beautiful. I'm feeling. So thank you for that. Um, my last question to you is, what are you learning in your personal and professional oh. life right now? Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> right now um, you brought it up earlier. I'm learning about boundaries on in a very strong way. I'm learning about surrender in a very strong way. Um, boundaries and relationships bound and also um, in a lot of relational stuff, interestingly, like sort of like, saying what I want and being okay if someone else is not okay with that which is interesting because um that that yes that is also part of setting boundaries but it's interesting how um how uncomfortable like my system is we were talking about discomfort and growth um <laughs> when someone else is not okay with what I want like, as it, like, it's really interesting to look at that, right? Or my assumption that they might not be okay, because sometimes it's not even true. Like, sometimes the person's totally fine with what you want. And you've just been like making a story in your head. So there's that. Um, I'm also going through another healing moment at, at the moment. So um, I'm dealing with that and surrendering to that and, and a curiosity. I'm also like, I'm also really enjoying curiosity which is not normally one of like the themes that people are working on but I'm really enjoying um having enough distance now from uh, you know I don't want to say ego or I don't want to say like the human self or something like that because I don't really think it's that but having like a perspective on my life where I get to watch what happens and just be like wonderfully curious about like hey how is she going to react to that? Or <laughs> what's going to happen next? Or, oh, look, here's a stimulus. I wonder what she's going to do, right? And like, watch myself respond to life. And um, and that's really fun. It's also really like hard to get your mind around because you go like, ooh, is this like, am I dissociating? But it doesn't feel like an unhealthy thing. It feels really like I'm really involved, almost like I am my higher self now which is also really interesting it's like the role switch you know when probably a long a while ago I would be like oh yeah my higher self is guiding me and my higher self is this and oh I can ask my higher self and now it really feels like I identify with the guide and I'm just watching Jess live her life you know like I'm just watching Jesse do things Choose and that's and things yeah, it's so much fun, right? <laughs> I'm having such a good time, um, even with my own uh, like distortions or even with my own challenges. I'm having a really interesting, good time um, with things lately. And it's, it's, 
it's also really hard to explain to people. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like the the way you described curiosity. That's <laughs> <laughs> witnessing kind yeah. of curiosity, not necessarily um like you don't have to go in and do something. There's a there's an element of witnessing and beingness there. That's beautiful. Well, sure. You've also, I'm sure, been in situations where you're surprised at your own reaction, you know, like you you didn't expect yourself to react to something a certain way. And then all of a sudden it's there, you know, whether it's you have emotion you didn't expect, or you're suddenly words are coming out of your mouth that you didn't expect. You know, you were talking earlier about how, like, sometimes when you're doing stuff, it feels like channeling, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of that, you know, it's like the, the, and, and, you know, because we're parents, we have this also with our kids, we have that curiosity of like, what are they going to do next? Right? Like, how are they? Oh, how are they going to respond to me telling them they could have ice cream after school or and we get this excitement. And it's that same sort of thing, like just watching with a hands off attitude, like, how is this person going to, to be tomorrow? Who is this person going to be tomorrow? How, in what ways are they going to change? Right? Yeah. And to do that with yourself is really, really fun. I think Jesse, the way I mean, not exactly the same, but what I'm experiencing right now is um, I find myself in a certain situation, let's say, <laughs> where the person in front of me is doing something that is not um, loving or kind in my definition. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I get, oh, this reminds me of something from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at that moment, that person isn't that person. And I know yeah. it's slightly the, it's slightly the role they're playing. And I'm like, huh, this used to really get on my nerves. But I see how this plays in their dynamic. And I can be okay in my dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and yet I go, <laughs> I go back to my world to process this. And I'm like, how many more versions of this not love? <laughs> do I have to experience to, you know, I, I get it. I get to listen. Thank you. I, I've gotten a lot of practice in this. <laughs> and then a teacher of mine recently said, as many versions as it, as it takes, Donla. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You know what is shocking though, right? This is even worse than that. <laughs> because what happens is at a certain point, that person stops showing up, right? And now all of a sudden, you have the expectation that that person's going to show up and they're gone from your field. That energy's done. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So there'll be an overlap where like they show up, they don't show up. They don't. And now you have in front of you something completely new, right? Like some person who actually is loving. And then you've got to deal with how you process that freaking the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> what to do with that? Oh boy. <laughs> Oh gosh, what do I have to take responsibility oh, for, yeah. right? And then you find out that you were always creating the unloving person because you actually were the one who was running away from intimacy or whatever the hell, right? Like there's all this stuff. And then it's like, it's like you move on to a new chapter and you're like, okay, this is, the or even like better a video game, right? You move on to the next video game level. Like all the, all the controls are different all of a sudden, right? And you don't have any reference point. And then you're thrown into this whole new world where like people actually do want to help you. <laughs> people actually are giving you loving support and you turn out to be the one who doesn't know how to receive that, let's say, right? Or you turn out to be the one who um, has trust issues, right? Because every time you've had interaction, someone's been mean, right? And so like, <laughs> it's it's funny when that stuff disappears because things continue to, come up that are brand new right and they're not negative that's why at some point at some point you have to let go this is what I'm talking about Serena. at some point you have to let go and just go you know what I don't know what's going on <laughs> and it's nothing to do but laugh at it like, it's yeah. all funny <laughs> yeah I love yeah. that thank you for sharing that yeah um <laughs> what's like the last sort of like Jesse plus white green hmm. maybe like distilled Let's message see you want to give our listeners mm -hmm. hmm. yeah what's coming through is like there's so like there's so much suffering right and and potential for suffering 
that sometimes um, that clouds our perception of how much like joy and potential for joy there is, right? And um, it's not anybody else's job to give you access to that joy, right? But it is a gift you can give yourself. Like any time, any place, whatever is going on, you do already have access to it. Um, and uh, and to have a bit of compassion because it also is painful to let go of suffering, right? We, we all have this um, familiarity with that, right? But it's worth it. It really is worth it. Thank you so much. I mean, it resonates with me on a deeper level than you may realize. <laughs> because I like my current work is with inner children and I describe inner children as this inner night sky and they're the sparkling lights or the stars and sometimes there are clouds in there but the potential the light still exists and yeah. um that was very very beautiful I think you are as wise if not wise <laughs> <laughs> than migraine and I love what you're doing thank, thank you. you so so much Jesse and I'm gonna include your information and you're giving three chapters of your first book and I'm assuming yes, I the second book um, well, my my second book, the um, like I said, they are from live sessions. The recordings, like the actual transmissions um, that are then in the second book are available on my website. So people can um, go and grab those for like, a, a, I think, a euro <laughs> um, if, if they're interested in like having audio, something audio to listen to right away. If not, there's the book Vagrian Insight, which is the second one, the black one. And Vagrian Seeking Ends When Sharing Begins has um, several chapters. I think the first two or three chapters are available for free right on my website. And that way people can try before they buy and check it out. And um, I'm always available on all your regular ways of reaching people <laughs> and uh, love to hear from anyone at any time. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much. Thank you.